Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, look, it's Louisiana's new theme song. Big response to that last segment and all those kind of that sort of fire hose of topics that we covered there. I'm going to get to some of your text messages in just a few moments. I'm stacking up some calls, too. I see Brian and a couple others. I'm going to get to you guys as quickly as I can. Hang on. But first, my friend and yours, Tyler Bridges, a staff writer for the Times-Picayune New Orleans Advocate, is joining us. Tyler, thanks for being on the show with us today. Ian, greetings from the uh, Louisiana State Capitol. Hey, all right. Well, tell us what's going on up there. Give us all the latest. Kind of a lot is happening all at once here. Right. So the legislature is in the second special session of the year. The first one was in January, called by the new governor, Jeff Landry. And now Governor Landry has got lawmakers in for a second time. And this uh, session has a very, very clear focus, which is passing uh, legislation that would uh, toughen penalties. Uh, It's an anti-crime session. And uh, we're nearing the end of the session, is, is, and the governor does seem to be in pretty good control. How do Democrats and Republicans differ in the way that they're viewing this session? Is there any sort of overlap? Is there some sort of compromise? They're agreeing on some bills, but there are sharp differences. Uh, for example, earlier today, the uh, House, Louisiana House gave final passage to a bill that conservatives call uh, constitutional carry. Um, it would allow people to uh, purchase handguns without getting the, the, the training that until now has been required. And uh, Republicans are strongly in favor of that and provided the margin for victory, whereas uh, almost all Democrats are p- opposed, saying that this, uh, you know, uh, putting more guns in the, in the hands of people who are not trained is, is going to increase crime. Yeah, I think that's kind of been the case with a lot of these reform bills that are being pitched here. I was reading a piece from uh, Jeff Asher this morning who spoke to Chelsea Brasted. He says it feels like a lot of this is trying to fix the Saints quarterback problems by drafting a center fielder. There is plenty of evidence that some of these reforms specifically, uh, in, in particular in regard to constitutional carry, I think we're the 28th state with constitutional carry now. I don't think there is concrete evidence that this does actually reduce crime. What is Republicans' response to that argument? Yeah, no, certainly, Ian, that is the argument Democrats are making. The Republican argument is very much focused on the feeling that crime is rampant. Uh, we were elected to, to deal with the crime problem. So is this governor. Um, and they have brought in victims of crimes, and they've made it emotional, and they're playing on, I mean, probably it's fair to say, the fears of the public 
and and uh, those arguments are working. Uh, interestingly enough, um, the governor is uh, running into trouble and in getting a bill that would expand uh, the ability to execute people um, and some of the, and additional ways to execute people. I think it's not been uh, it's been since. 2010, mm-hmm. that somebody's been executed in the state, and the bill was supposed to come up for final passage in the Senate uh, today, and they're putting it off till tomorrow, and it's a very close vote. Uh, so, some of the opponents of m- most of many of these bills, including the constitutional carry, worry that this is actually going to hinder progress that was made since 2017 when John Bell Edwards passed this bipartisan uh, reform bill. And the Democrats will they'll point to these studies that say these hyper tough on crime reactive policies do not effectively reduce crime when you don't pair them as part of a twin holistic approach that improves the problems in our society that lead to these crime rates in the first place. Your your drug addiction, your mental health, your 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 bad schools, your bad hospitals, your poor job opportunities. Do Republicans have good faith answers for any of that or or no? Um, you know, for example, on the on the on the gun bill, they say um, we need to put more guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens. Uh, the best thing to counter somebody a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. Uh, but um, you know, re- you remember Ian that Louisiana has been number one or number two in an incarceration rate in the country, and John Bell Edwards, the previous governor, tried to change that in. And, and one of the major ways was passed by in 2017, passing that uh, justice reinvestment initiative. Uh, but the current governor and legislature are moving in the opposite direction, uh, again, with these anti-crime uh, policies. They're going to put more people in prison. Is there a sense, Tyler, at least among the legislators, that that's just kind of like a, hey, screw you. We're going to undo what you did, even though there's no concrete evidence that what you did is not working or is making the problem worse. Is this just a political move? Well, sure. Everything they do in this building is political. <laughs> I guess, but I think, yeah, uh, of course. I think Republicans are, are making the point that they were elected on uh, an anti-crime platform last year. And now oh, they have a two-thirds majority in the in the House and the Senate, and this governor ran on an anti-crime platform last year, and so did the Attorney General, and then now they're in power, so they're going to enact, enact the policies that they, they think the, the public wants. Yeah, well, elections matter. Um, okay, so the concealed carry is kind of sucking all the oxygen out of the room today, but I want to make sure I get an update as well on juvenile crime. Can you provide any sort of update on the proposed changes regarding prosecuting juveniles as adults? Yeah, that's uh, one of the changes from uh, Governor Edwards and, again, that bipartisan legislature that you mentioned was to treat 17-year-olds in the, in the juvenile um, justice system. And uh, the Republicans are saying that juveniles, uh, 17-year-olds have been committing too many crimes and they now have to automatically be treated as 18-year-olds. So the, the critics of that say uh, you don't want to put 17-year-olds in with uh, hardened criminals that uh, – it's just going to mean that when they get out of prison, they're more likely to commit crime. But, uh, again, this tough-on-crime mentality here in the Capitol uh, is, has the legislature saying, nope, um, we got we got to try them as adults. Okay, so the session is expected to finish early this week. Can you give us any other insight on the expected timeline for any other bills that may, you know, m- m- get pointed towards Governor Landry's desk in the next day or two? Um yeah, there, there are some uh, legislation uh, dealing with um, 
post-conviction appeals where somebody who's been convicted and, and maybe two or three or even more years down the, down the road, their evidence comes out to show that one of the prosecution witnesses lied uh, or new evidence appears. And uh, this legislature and governor are making it harder for those post-conviction appeals to be made. The Innocent Project in New Orleans says that 46 people have, who are wrongly convicted have been freed uh, in recent years and that the, the legislation that's going through aims to curtail that. Do these Republican supermajorities, did you hear anybody at any point express any sort of concern or at least acknowledgement that what they're doing, broadly speaking, in, in, some, in some of these bills in particular, are not popular? And do they worry about there being a public blowback? Do they worry that some of them are going to lose their seats because of this stuff? Well, I, I think generally uh, being anti-crime is, a, is, is traditionally a winning platform in Louisiana, and that's yeah. why the state has had number one incarceration rate in the country. So I, I think the, that uh, Republicans, I think, are pretty, feel pretty comfortable that the public's behind them and, and this governor, too. All right. We'll stop there. Tyler, thank you for your time today. Appreciate you uh, joining in. Enjoy the rest of your time in Red Stick, man. All right. Thanks, Ian. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.